0: Today with Catherine Ruinala. Wow. Have you been reading the Bible this week? Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And I encourage you. I I have, um, I'm working my way through different books at the moment. I'm working my way through Proverbs slowly. It's like, oh, so rich, underlining it. I'm going through and I'm in... Uh, Proverbs 10, 11 and 12 and the amount of of wisdom that is shared about the mouth is, is, oh, I've read all these so many times before but as I'm reading it again I'm going, oh, God, why? Oh, I need to remember that. I need. Oh, God, help me. And it's very important that as you're reading, you're asking the Lord, "How does it apply to me?" Not just, "Yes, that's true, that's good." But, oh, God, how do I apply that wisdom? And there's so much wisdom there. And there's so much wisdom about finance, how to how to be financially blessed. this it's full of wisdom here in the book. There's so much wisdom um, to be had about relationships. It's about life. Uh, But the thing is, many of us can quote it. And the trick is learning how to apply it and actually making a Holy Spirit inviting him in, teach me, help me to take this word and apply it today. Remind me, I invite you to remind me of your words. And if you're putting it in, Holy Spirit will remind you of what he has spoken. Hallelujah. And it's so beautiful. Hallelujah. And the more we become familiar with the word of God and value it and treasure it, the more anchored we'll become um, when we hear different arguments. Proverbs also says one argument sounds right till you hear the other side. And I tell you, there's so many good arguments and good teachers who can like bring a powerful argument, wow, and go, wow, that sounds interesting and right. And then you hear the other side, and you go, oh, actually, Tom and I were um, listening to just a, an audio book on the drive up to Harvey Bay yesterday. It's a short history of Europe. We like history. So we were just listening to that. And then I was, I was sh- so surprised as we were listening to you know, different, um, different things and then hearing about a whole lot of the different... Um, heresies that would come about and they'd kill each other and all over over these things and but listening and realizing some of the teachings that you hear people get all caught up and excited about today are actually just old heresies <laughs> and if we if we if we were anchored in the word of god and took what the just the basic book says and applied it we'd recognize these things instead of being swept away Well, I was um, thinking about we're we're getting ready in a few weeks. We're going to have a week's holiday to celebrate, relatedly, our 30th wedding anniversary from last year. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. We've just celebrated our 31st. Um, But I was thinking about uh, this week, I was thinking about one of my most favourite holiday that I've ever had. And I realised, you know, I think it was when... My daughter Jessica's husband Bryce, his family lent us their boat for a week and we went on a week's holiday with the whole family. And I lo- this is my favourite holiday. Seven days, we were just all together. They couldn't escape. <laughs> and breakfast, lunch and dinner, I had their company. And we would play games together, we'd, we'd see new things together and my heart was full of joy as I was surrounded by my family. And that's why it was my favourite holiday. What a, it was an incredible treat, an incredible blessing. But as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about God and how He feels about us. Now often, particularly as people have come through what's been a really difficult season, many people get just, just feel weary. And in fact, when, they, when, you've, when they've gone through really tough times and then coupled perhaps with sickness or other things, the weariness is, it can be really tangible. And, and people, you know, I, I talk to people who feel just, I'm just tired. I'm just tired of fighting. I'm tired of... And they can lose sight of why am I even here? But you know the world loves to put out that you have to be successful and this is what success looks like but in God's eyes your purpose the reason you are alive is not about what you will achieve or what you will do abiding in him and you will be fruitful and you will see him do wonderful things but I didn't get joy on that holiday from my my kids around me because of what they could do for me or, or because of what they are achieving, but because they're mine and I enjoy their company. And our ultimate purpose, the reason we were created was to walk and talk with him and enjoy his company. And he gets delight out of watching us discover things that he's he's done and things that he's doing. And as we talk to him, we give his heart joy and pleasure. We were created for fellowship with him. Hallelujah. And this is what gives him the most joy. As we were listening uh, and, and looking at the history Reminded again of when they gathered together con- consistently over history, the church having schisms and fights and arguments. But at one point they came together and they developed this Westminster Catechism at the, the meeting of Westminster in order to try and get what are the basic bare bones that we can agree on. And, and they also asked the question... What is the chief end of man? What is the ultimate purpose of man? What is our main reason for being alive? And they came down to the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. In all of their understanding, and you know what? As I was doing a study this week, I've come to the same conclusion. This is what the Bible says. You look at all the scriptures. This is clearly the will of God for your life. People get all stirred up. Why? When am I? I need to know. I need to know my purpose. I need to know what I'm meant to do. Well, here it is. Love him. Be loved by him. And let that love shine out into the world around you. That's it. Hallelujah. It is the key of David. Isaiah 22, 22. That The key that opens doors no one can shut, that closes doors no man can open. It, the key is the discovery of our chief purpose, which is to love him, which is to enjoy him to give ourselves to loving him. And you can do that no matter where you are, no matter what circumstance you are in, nothing can stop you from achieving your purpose. Nobody can shut the door on your purpose because even if you were locked up in solitary confinement, you can still honor him and love him. Hallelujah. And fulfill your purpose and watch and see what the Lord will do. Hallelujah. Amen, hallelujah. Let's have a look, if you will, um, at Colossians chapter 1. Thank you, Lord. I might start at verse 13 just because it's delightful. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Oh, come on. That's more of a worship moment. I'm going to do it again just so you can catch it and, and worship him. All right? You ready? He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. Hooray! Hooray! That's happy. Hallelujah. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. Say, for him. You were created for him. For him not some random chance, why am I still alive, why am I here, what's the point? You were created for him. He enjoys you. And as you learn what it looks like to give yourself to your created purpose, you'll discover the fruitfulness that comes from intimacy. You'll discover the fruitfulness that that comes from just giving yourself to the one thing because when you get him, you get everything. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. You can turn, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 2. This is good too. Hallelujah. It's all good. I tell you what, delightful stuff. Our wonderful God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Oh, actually, let's go to verse 8. Who knows what this says? For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. So not only were we created for him, he's excited about things that he's already organized for you to walk in. Wonderful opportunities for you to bring hope and joy. You think, well, nobody knows about my ministry. Then Smile at somebody and share a kind word, and they will. Because your ministry is not about a pulpit or a teaching gift or a prophetic gift or a healing gift. Your ministry is about loving him and loving people. And you can fulfill it every single day. In the book of Proverbs, I was reading, An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. You know, when you give yourself to loving God, you'll discover the kind words of the Father. I tell you, when I feel a bit anxious about things, get a bit concerned, my mind goes very quickly. And often when I I start to try to go to sleep, it's like my mind's like, I've got a chance now, I want to think about this. (laughs) Stop. Or I might get anxious or concerned about this situation oh I don't know what will happen here what if that happened? Oh, I don't know what what's going on here anybody else know what I'm talking about well I've learned that I don't have to live with anxiety but when that starts to happen I go to the father and I say father are you going to help in that situation is everything going to be all right in this situation are you going to take care of that for me And when he speaks the yes to my heart, everything's all right. I'm okay. And I've I've learned that as I walk with him and I talk with him, he'll speak a kind word. He'll speak a word of love, a word of comfort that brings soothing and, and peace because his perfect love casts out all fear. Hallelujah. Has anyone ever been talking to the Lord and you've heard him just speak that kind word to your spirit? Because he's a living God. He's He's not an idol. He's not a philosophy. He's not an idea. He's not the distant school principal waiting to smite you. He is your loving father who wants to talk to you who wants to interact with you, who wants to hear your heart, the things you are concerned about. He is concerned that you come to him so that he can help you because he is your ever-present help in time of need. And every time you have need, he is there going, I'm here, waiting for you to open your heart in faith and say, Lord, what do you want to say about this? And I, and at that point, the Holy Spirit will remind me of the Scripture. He'll remind me of the right verse at the right time. Holy Spirit, my helper, will remind me of the words of the Lord, just as Jesus promised he would. Hallelujah. So we never walk alone. How wonderful is this? Jeremiah 29, and uh, we'll go. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 29:11 who could quote it for me Very excellent Hallelujah verse 11 we'll read it for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. So when the enemy comes and he goes, oh, it's not going to work out this time. Calamity is coming. Oh, this is going to be disastrous. The Holy Spirit wants you to ask for help and he will remind you the plans of God for you are not for your calamity. They're to give you a future and a hope. Hallelujah. For your welfare and not for your calamity. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. It's so good. Now we can quote that, but the Holy Spirit wants it to become so real to you that you wake up excited that you wake up with the revelation knowledge he's laid up good works in advance for me to do. His plans for me are not for my calamity. His plans are not for my just plain survival. He has good plans, plans to prosper me and not to harm me, plans to give me hope and a future, hallelujah, to use me for his glory. And as you give yourself, to loving him, to diligently reminding yourself, my life is not my own, it's been bought with a price. As you do that, you'll discover how he is so good at bringing everything into alignment and making it all work together for your good. For he works... All things together for those for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Hallelujah! And as you give yourself to loving Him, you'll discover that He is the one that will take uh, the the hand on your on your life, and He will open doors no man can shut. He will make a way where there seems to be. No way, hallelujah! We can quote these things. We, we can know about these things, but the Holy Spirit wants to become so real to you that as you as you are talking with Him, as you are walking with Him, you recognize His ways are better. The other thing I see in all the way through the book of Proverbs is a is constant. Encouragement for wisdom and prudence and and understanding and knowledge and, and the value of wisdom. And Solomon asked for wisdom and the Lord was so pleased with him. He gave him wisdom beyond what anyone had ever experienced. But with all that he received, he didn't apply all that he got. And so he made some terrible messes. If you read the book of Ecclesiastes, it comes to the very end of Ecclesiastes and he's gone through basically and he keeps just saying, everything's meaningless, everything's meaningless. You do this, do that, it's all meaningless. Do this, do that, it's all meaningless. You think, what is this book about? It's the realisation of an old man who's got to the place where he's recognised the pursuit of my own pleasure is just meaningless. All that really matters matters is to live for Him. That's it. You read the end of it. It says, fear God and obey Him. That's what it is. To recognize He's God. He'll let you do whatever you like to do. But when you come back to it, He's still waiting there, saying, I know the plans I have for you. My ways are higher than your ways. They're better than your ways. I've got good plans for you and I am your safe place. I am the one that that loves you more than life. And for all your desire to seek your own pleasure, looking for it here, there and everywhere, the only place you'll actually find it is in him. Because when you discover the love that he has for you, the value of the relationship that he desires to have with you, if you'll seek him and believe that as you seek him, he will be found by you, you'll discover that this is the fullness of joy, his presence, having his presence with me, recognizing that he's here, You can live in the same house as someone and not enjoy their company or their presence. And for many times, people in the house of God, in the the kingdom of God, they've got everything laid out for them on the banqueting table. It's all there, all these beautiful invitations into fellowship and joy and peace and love and hope. Yet often we don't enjoy it because we don't deliberately give ourselves to seeking his presence. Jesus said to Martha, Mary's chosen the better thing. That is just to sit at my feet, to listen to my voice, to seek me out, to learn from me. And as you give yourself to that, it doesn't mean that you, you don't do anything else. But as you give your life to be ordered at, with him as the Lord, he's the one who's able to order your steps perfectly. And that can look like simply waking up in the morning and remembering as you wake up, my life is not my own. It's been bought with a price. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Lord, for the forgiveness of sin. Oh, thank you, God. I'm forgiven. Thank you, Lord. You've made me righteous. Thank you, Lord. You don't count my sin against me. You don't even remember it. Thank you, Lord. Father, I honour you. You are my God. You're the creator of heaven and earth. Lord, you're worthy of worship. Lord, I honour you today. Thank you that you're my father. Thank you, creator of heaven and earth, that you look at me and love me. Hallelujah. And as you start your day like that, as you discipline yourself to take some time in the morning to read something from the Bible. Then at the end of the night, before you go to sleep, open it up. Let him speak something to you before you go to sleep. You'll discover that all through the day, the Holy Spirit will remind you of these things that you've been putting into your heart. Hallelujah. He'll show you. He'll give you witty inventions. I read that in the book too. Hallelujah. He'll give you supernatural understanding, supernatural wisdom. Hallelujah. Let's have a look at Psalm 8. This is beautiful. You could sing it from the beginning. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Hallelujah. showing my age. Who who, uh, who have displayed your splendor above the heavens? From the mouth of infants and nursing babes you've established strength because of your adversaries to make the enemy and the revengeful cease. Verse 3. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've ordained, what is man that you take thought of him? And the son of man that you care for him? Yet you've made him a little lower than God and you crown him with glory and majesty. You make him to rule over the work of your hands. You've put all things under his feet. Wow. God created you in his image. And he's put you in charge of the earth. Hallelujah. To rule over it. It's what it says. It's, just, it's not some idea. It's what the Bible says here. You make him to rule over the work of your hands and you've put all things under his feet. This is the joy of being joined to God, that you are not another little animal on the earth. You're not a little ant on the earth, just another creation. You are sons and daughters of the Father. Wow. He loves all the things that he's created. They're beautiful. But you, and look, I don't, I don't care if you don't like it, but you, are, you don't have the same status as an animal. You've been created in the image of God. We love, he loves the animals, hallelujah. But he also ate them. <laughs> now I'm really in trouble. I'll just... <laughs> created us in his image we're not allowed to eat humans there's a reason for that They're sons and daughters of god they're sons and daughters of god we're sons and daughters of the most high god and we've been created to rule over the work of his hands hallelujah praise the lord